Coming up, Locked on Buckeyes. More bad news for the good guys. Ohio State loses by nine at Iowa. We'll talk about the ramifications and what it means. And also, another one of those fun stats versus eye test debates. I'll give my perspective on that. Good Friday. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Kyle Lamb. Thank you so much for listening. DJ Carton is back somewhat. We'll explain that in his situation and his status coming up. And Ohio State wants to get back on the winning track Sunday at home against Maryland. We will preview that game as well. Lock on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. Find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play the Lock on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8 for all of my hot takes and analysis. And find the show at Lock on Buckeye. Would love to discuss basketball with you as long as you're at least forgiving of stats. And please just don't tell me while I watch the game so stats don't matter. That's the quickest way for us to not get anywhere in our discussion. But either way, hit me up and would love to talk actual basketball with you. Coming up next, we'll talk about what went wrong in Iowa City. Most people are a little bit upset today over the Ohio State-Iowa basketball game. It did not go very well. And this was a lot like Wisconsin in that Ohio State played an okay game for about 30 to 35 minutes. But like the Wisconsin game, the game was decided in a five or six minute stretch. In the Wisconsin game, it was the last five minutes of the first half. This game was the first five over six minutes of the entire game where Ohio State got down by 19 points. And they subsequently outscored Wisconsin by 10 over the course of the remaining 34 minutes of the game. But of course, when you build yourself a 19-point deficit on the road, it's going to be hard to get out from under that. And they almost, I mean, they did. They made a couple runs, but they just couldn't get over the hump. They got it down to eight towards the end of the first half. And then, of course, Iowa hits a big three-pointer without eight to 10 seconds left in the half. And uh, Ohio State goes down by 11 into halftime. They got it down to single digits once or twice there in the second half, but just couldn't get that final run to really, really make it a game. But look, I've been saying this all along. People have to understand this is life in the Big Ten. And I'm getting a lot of feedback on Twitter. You know, while I'm watching the games, I know what I see. Don't give me the stats. Look, if you have to ignore the stats, it's not a very good argument. Stats are quantifying what you are watching, okay? So if you think you're seeing a trend or it's as bad as you think it is, then the stats would would tell you a different story. They would tell you some kind of, they would corroborate what you think you're watching. Ohio State's offense, I am not here to tell you it's a great offense. And you are absolutely correct when you pick out the the, the lazy passes and the turnovers, uh, the, the bad shot selection at times. It's not a great offense. Ohio State is not a juggernaut. But I'm here to tell you, even as of today, they are 18th in national adjusted offensive efficiency. So Ohio State is doing something right, okay? It may not feel like it. It may not seem like it. But they are doing something right. And I know people are mocking and, and criticizing the stats because they're watching these road losses and pile up. But... Ohio State's road losses, six of them now, okay, it is 
they are coming to really good basketball teams. I can't impress this enough. Tom Izzo, who has been in the league since 1983 as an assistant, and then, of course, 1995 as a head coach at Michigan State. He has said this is the strongest league he has ever coached in, in his career, okay? 1983, he's been in this league. This is the strongest league he has ever seen, in his in his opinion. And I, I can't emphasize this enough. It's just like the, the teams that Ohio State have lost to, okay, six of them on the road, are a combined 80-9 and nine at home this season. Ohio State's not going into places where everybody is picking up wins easily, Okay, these are teams that are mostly defending their home court. A couple of those have come recently. Minnesota kind of slipped a little bit, but Ohio State's road losses have come to teams that are 80 and 9 at home this season. There's a reason everybody in the Big Ten is piling up losses. I don't know if you've noticed, but Michigan State has six losses, Wisconsin, six losses, Indiana, seven or eight losses, eight losses now, Michigan, seven losses. Like, all of these teams are piling up losses. This is not an Ohio State problem. And that's where stats come in, okay? The analytics recognize this. I'm not saying not to be frustrated with Ohio State. I'm not saying the offense is perfect. I think the defense was actually the bigger problem for Ohio State. You know, they were not playing well defensively, where they finally had had shown a couple steps forward against Rutgers and Purdue this past week. They took a big step back against Iowa. The offense could have been a little bit better, but it wasn't terrible. At the end of the day, it wound up scoring, what, 76 points on 70 possessions, which is which is fair. It's respectable. And I know some have said, well, they scored, you know, I think it was 25 points in the last six, six and a half minutes. You know, but they also had, I think, 18 possessions in the last six and a half minutes. So it, they used up a lot of possessions to get those points, okay? The analytics recognize that if you're watching something with your own two eyes, quote unquote, then any trend or opinion you may have on what you're watching should be corroborated by the analytics. I'm going to tell you something, and I've alluded to this on the show before, but when you see all these lines that are scary close to being correct, the point spreads by Vegas, Vegas they don't watch games, okay? The handicappers can't watch 353 basketball teams. They're not watching games. They're building all those casinos. They're not watching the poker games. They're not watching 21. Any of the card games going on on their tables, I mean, yeah, they do have videos, and they're watching for people that might be abusing the system, counting cards and and, and that sort of thing. They are watching those particular things, but they're not actually watching the games themselves. And just the same way, they're not watching the sporting events that they're they're covering. I mean, they do as fans, but I promise you, they're not handicapping as fans. They're not setting as lines as fans. The analytics and the stats, they, they don't have emotion, and they that's why they're successful, okay? You have to take emotion away from the equation. People are frustrated because Ohio State, yeah, they could be playing better offense, okay? I thought Caleb Wesson... Uh, I don't want to say he was lazy. I th- that would be a bad way to put it. But I did not think he was engaged against Iowa Thursday night. Okay, I thought Dwayne Washington was engaged as far as effort is concerned, but I thought he made a lot of bad decisions. Uh, Ohio State 
And EJ Lydell, I, you know, I think we all agree maybe that was his best offensive game for Ohio State so far, or maybe second best, probably the best being at North Carolina earlier this year. But EJ was hampered by the fact that Iowa is really, really big up front. He struggled to score in the post, especially in the second half against man defense when Ohio State was trying to take advantage of his success from the first half, which I thought came mostly when they were playing zone. But the point is, you can get upset at those because they're frustrating and inconsistent and very up and down and erratic on offense. Okay, all of these are fair points. And when you want to point out all of those things that I mentioned earlier, whether it's the passing or the turnovers or the sluggish inconsistency, yeah, all of these things are true. But when I use analytics, when I point out the offensive efficiency, it's because I'm using the big picture. I'm quantifying what you're seeing on the court. And I'm saying it's not as bad as you think. The losses are a product of a really good Big Ten. This is the best Big Ten that I have ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm not exaggerating that fact. It's corroborated by the evidence, okay? There's been a couple years that have been close, but this is the best that I've ever seen. And you have coaches, longtime coaches like Tom Izzo saying that. Chris Holtman said it as well, but he hasn't been in the league as long. When Tom Izzo, you know, the the dean of Big Ten coaches, steps up and says says that, you have to start taking notice. You have to pay attention. And that's what I'm doing. I'm using analytics just to quantify what we're all seeing. I'm watching the games. Handicappers don't all watch the games. That's the funny thing. They just rely on the analytics. When people look at a line and say, well, that's shocking. How is Ohio State a five-point favorite? It's because they're not relying on emotion. They're keeping emotion out of it. What's that line from Ocean's Eleven, leave emotion at the door? You know, it's just a movie, but that's true. That is actually how card players are instructed to think. That's how they're supposed to think. You leave emotion out the door. You play the percentages and the analytics. And I'm doing the same thing with basketball. I'm not telling you not to be upset or disappointed by what you're seeing from Ohio State. But I'm telling you that this this season is not indicative. And if you don't believe me, go around to any Big Ten message board, okay? Go find Twitter, uh, Michigan fans on Twitter. Go find Wisconsin fans on Twitter, Indiana, or Minnesota, or Purdue, or Rutgers. Find almost any single Big Ten fan base right now on social media or message boards. And you're, you're going to find identical discussions going on with those teams as you are to Ohio State fans. It's uncanny because every single team except, except for Maryland right now and Maryland, by the way, I think they're, they're come up is, is coming. You know, we'll talk about the Maryland-Ohio State game here in a few minutes as Maryland invades Ohio State on Sunday, but they have a brutal schedule coming, and they're not out of the woods yet either. Every single team in this league is going through the same thing. Every fan is saying, our offense could be better, or we're so inconsistent, or the coaching could be better, and man, it's like, what's going on with this or that? Or, well, the stats don't, you know, I don't care what the stats say. I'm watching this team and they're not very good. Every single team in this league is going through it because it's brutal. Because you have 12 teams that are good enough to be in the NCAA tournament. And they're not going to get 12 because Minnesota, Purdue, there's just so many good teams in this league. You can't support 12 teams winning enough games to get in the tournament. So Minnesota, Purdue right now, probably on the outside looking in, although they have a chance to get hot and get in the league. But everybody's going through it. It's not an Ohio State problem. I, I just, it, 
people have to change their paradigm. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean Ohio State can't play better. Ohio State's not a juggernaut, or they would be winning more games than they are. But they're a good team that's stuck in a really, really bad conference. And when they get in a rut or have a bad night, especially on the road, you're going to pay for it in this league. Again, 80 and 9. The six teams that they have lost to have lost nine games at home. There's a reason that Ohio State is losing because Ohio State's not the only team losing these games. They got to play better. There's no doubt about it. They can't give up a 27-9 run to start a game at Iowa or give up that big run to Wisconsin to end the half. You can't do those on the road, and they got to play better. And the analytics would agree with that. The analytics say there's, there's room for Ohio State to improve. But it has to start somewhere, and I don't think it's as big of a jump as people think it is. I'm not saying that there are no problems. I'm just saying it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, it, the total, the final record this year, when you look, when you look back in, in years ahead, when you look back on the season and look at Ohio State basketball, it's not going to be the, it's not going to wind up being the dream season that it started out to be. It's not going to wind out looking as, as great at the end of the day. But what I'm telling you is this league is doing that to almost every team in the league right now. <laughs> You're going to go into the Big Ten tournament not knowing who's going to win out of probably about 11 or 12 teams because 11 or 12 teams have a legit shot to make a run in this tournament and wind up winning it. And then you're going to get into the NCAA tournament and you've got, don't be surprised if Ohio State and and many other teams that didn't play all that consistently or all that well in the Big Ten wind up in the Sweet 16 or beyond. Like, I, I think it's a pretty good bet that there'll be at least four, maybe five teams in the Sweet 16 for the Big Ten. It just depends on the bracket, obviously, how they're structured, how many Big Ten teams play in the second round. There are many nuances to it, but it's just a weird league. It really is. Ohio State did not play well against Iowa. There are a number of things that I could say. Like I said, I didn't think Caleb Wesson played well. I thought that the Iowa size and and length up front really, uh, really disrupted Ohio State's rhythm. They were not able to go all the way into the rim because of that length. It's it's no question that Ohio State could have played better against Iowa, especially defensively. Defensively was bad. I'm not telling you there are no problems. There are, but they're not as bad as they seem. They really aren't. Analytics quantify what you think you're seeing with the eyes, and if they don't quantify what you think you see, then it doesn't exist. Ohio State's not a great offense, but they absolutely are a good offense. Number 18 in the country. I don't know any of you that would say, if we weren't talking about Ohio State, and we just said, well, this is the 18th best offense in the country, adjusted for the competition. I don't know anybody that would say, well, that's not good. 18 out of 353 is good. Is it great? Is it a juggernaut? We can have a separate discussion on that. Nobody is saying Ohio State's offense is great, but it's, it's doing good enough to win when the defense is playing like it's capable of playing. And that's the problem. Ohio State's defense did not play well out of the start. They dug themselves a hole. And the offense was good enough to keep them and get them kind of back in the game, but it was not good enough to actually come back and win. So there's your issue right there. Coming up next, DJ Carton News. Will he be back this season? We'll talk about that and a, a short preview of Maryland coming up. DJ Carton arriving back on the Ohio State University campus today. He will not be taking part in basketball activities, at least to start with. The plan is to get him integrated back to within classes 
and then eventually ease him in to basketball activities, whether it be team meetings, practices, and eventually games. They have not said this means he is going to be back this season, although there is that possibility that exists. But for right now, all it means is he is back at Ohio State with the goal of hopefully rejoining the team somewhere in the near future. I personally think, as I said a few weeks ago, this is my gut instinct. I don't have exact information to back this up. I just think reading between the lines, I think he'll be back sometime in early March. That gives a couple more weeks to integrate, get his life back in order without throwing too much at him at once. Maybe he doesn't come back this year, okay? Maybe he's not back until next season. But I think, just my opinion, this is not information, so please don't get get your hopes too high here. But I think he'll be back in a couple couple weeks, maybe to start March. But we'll see what happens. Ohio State definitely could use him from the standpoint of when C.J. Walker is on the on the bench, okay? When he's not, or when he's not playing well, especially, or when he's on the bench, having Carton there to be the secondary ball handler would be a good thing because right now they're relying on Dwayne Washington. And when Dwayne Washington is playing well, that is good to have him on the floor. But when he's not playing well, that means they they need him to be out there when Walker's not because they have no other ball handlers. And so you're relying on a guy or like last night in the first half against Iowa, he was playing really poorly. I think 7, 0 of 8 from the field. He got it going in the second half, especially late in the game, but it wasn't enough it wasn't soon enough and they need somebody like dj carton to be able to pick up that slack when cj walker's not playing well fortunately for them walker has played pretty well since carton has been out but they need to rely on him very heavily when carton is not there so even though the turnovers and the efficiency has been a little bit better without carton there is a little bit of a safety net knowing they can turn to him to make plays when Walker is either in foul trouble or taking a taking a rest or whatever the case may be. So will Carton be back this year? We don't know, but he is back at Ohio State. They will integrate him back slowly. You know what that means? Who knows? Does that mean a couple days? Does that mean a couple weeks? I guess we'll find out, but they will integrate him. Eventually, he'll start taking part in organized team activities, and then we'll see how long it takes before he starts playing games. I think by the time they get him practicing again, they're probably going to play him within a game or two of him practicing. So really, I think the key will be, does he start practicing before the season ends? I think that's that's going to be the key issue here. Uh, Sunday, Maryland going to Columbus. Maryland has been playing really well of late. At first, early in the year, they were struggling on the road. They picked up the slack a little bit, come up with a couple key wins on the road. And that's the reason why they are leading this conference, a, a bear of a conference, uh, but Maryland is ripe for the picking. Their offense has been a little up and down. They play really good defense, but their offense, believe it or not, I, I know people don't want to hear this because, again, it's stats, but their offensive efficiency in the league is only 8th out of 14 teams. Ohio State right now is 4th out of 14 teams. Their offense is vulnerable. Ohio State, if they can get back to the defensive performances that they had against Rutgers and had against Purdue then I think they've got a chance to win this game on Sunday. It's a 4 p.m. game on CBS. Anthony Cowan, man, I can't can't express enough how good of a player this guy has turned out to be. He is an assassin in the clutch. He single-handedly pulled that game out against Michigan State 
when it looked like the Spartans were going to beat Maryland last week. This guy is really good when it counts. Ohio State needs to... Everything that they've been doing defensively is going to be replicated in this game from the standpoint they like to take out the leading scorer, especially if it's the primary ball handler. They like to take them out of the game. So Ohio State is going to do everything they can to keep Cowan from getting into the paint, from dishing, from taking shots. The bad news is that it's going to cause some open shots on the wing from lower percentage shooters of Maryland. And we know that that's not been working out for Ohio State. They've been playing the percentages recently, which is not a bad thing, but the percentages are not uh, on Ohio State's side over the last couple weeks as far as taking out the better shooters. The worst shooters are stepping up and making shots, and that's kind of frustrating. You hope those kind of balance out eventually, but Ohio State is going to have to take their chances because Anthony Cowan is too good to let get going in this game. So I, I understand in this particular matchup, it's probably good that they take away Maryland's leading scorer and best player. So Ohio State-Maryland, 4 p.m. on Sunday. That is a CBS game. The Terps come in playing really well. But again, their offense, it's not a juggernaut either. And if you go to if you go listen to Maryland fans or go watch them on social media, they're saying some of the same things about Ohio State, and they only have three conference losses. It's just funny how these, these perceptions exist within every single fan base of what's going on with their own team. So Maryland, a top 10 type of team coming to Columbus on Sunday. Should be a good game. We'll talk about it Monday on the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. That will do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, uh, albeit abbreviated and late edition here on Friday of Locked on Buckeyes. Be sure to find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform if you're not doing so already. Tell a friend about us. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locked on Buckeyes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday.